welcome back to What's Your Favorite Scary Movie? And Merry Christmas! I'm Verona. I'm Sarah. And today's a special episode because it comes out on Christmas and we're doing Krampus, which is one of my favorite holiday horrors. I know this was Sarah's first time, but the first time I watched this was, I believe, in 2015. I was at my friend's house and it had like just come out on like video on demand. So her parents were like, yeah, go ahead, like rent it. So we were watching it. One of her parents thought it was the funniest thing in the world because they were like, is this a movie about girls on their period? So every time I watch it, I just think of that. This was your first time watching. Thoughts? Um, it was my first time watching. And the f- I had tried, I, I told you this before, but like I had tried to watch it once before and I just like I wasn't it wasn't that I didn't like it I just there was too much else going on and I was like I'm not focusing on this I'm gonna try again another time um and then I didn't until we watched it now but that was probably only last year or maybe even the year before if I'm like really pushing it that I actually tried to watch it for the first time even then I didn't see it for (laughs) years after it came out I'm sorry this was great uh so we just watched it and right after as we were getting ready to like sit down and start recording uh you had stepped away to do something i stepped away to do something and then as you were setting up to record i threw on my next movie that i'm gonna be watching at some point today because i just started my free trial of hallmark now on amazon prime well not hallmark now (laughs) the juxtaposition between Krampus to Mary Matrimony starring Jessica Lowndes within like the five minutes of one of them ending was the whiplash that I needed to like get my brain going to record today. I love that. We love Jessica Lowndes in this house so much. My highlight of this, like I feel like it's it's such a basic thing to say to just talk about the creature design, which we will obviously at length, but that is like, that's everybody's favorite thing about this movie. It's incredible creature design. It's so much fun. I also love, how do you pronounce that actor's name? Is it David? Koshner? I did see him at a One Direction concert once. He stood right behind me and I turned around to like look at like the whole venue and he like smiled at me and I was like, hi sir. Anyway, I love him. He's wonderful and he's always playing like a greedy asshole and he always is so funny and so likable even though the character is always such a dick. He has like so much fun charm to him. He's like very much just like the uncle at Thanksgiving that's gonna like argue with you about gun control, but also would like give you the best gifts and probably like slide you a beer when you were 16. I was looking at the cast list because I was trying to figure out how to pronounce his name and I just clicked Tony Collette's like filmography. She is too good of an actress to have this filmography. Like she has some incredible bangers and then the rest I'm like, girl, do you know who you are? Do you know what you do? I think about that a lot. I've She's like always the best part of everything she's in. And you said something so funny when we were watching this, like, but you were like, did nobody tell her she could have phoned this in? This was a universal Christmas horror movie. And everyone else in the cast in 2015. was great, by the way. They were all wonderful. But like, you could tell they were like all having fun with it. Like there was like comedy in it and blah, blah, blah. But like, she was like, okay, let me get started on my Oscar campaign. I was just about to say. Nobody told her that like it wasn't that kind of movie. And she just like went in. She does that with every movie. But she is too talented to be in a movie called Blinky Bill the Movie. That's not the same koala from Sing, is it? No. Now I must know who's in this cast. Um, Ryan Quanton. He's the main guy in Dead Silence. It all comes back to Dead Silence and Donnie Wahlberg shaking his neck. (laughs) I would also like to point out how, like, Dilfy Adam Scott is in this. Creamy. Like, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what it was. 
You guys are not seeing the vision. Seth Green was in this? That's something I would do if I had, like, the power that Seth Green has to just do stuff and be in shit. He's one of the little gingerbread men! Like, incredible. I love that. No, truly, same. I love this movie so much, but there's just something about it that I'm always like, this could have been so much better. It's the sound design. That's a big part (laughs) of it. But I can never like specifically pinpoint exactly what it is that I'm like, I feel like a big part of it is they tried to like lessen a lot of the horror by like putting in comedic bits that just didn't land. And like, there's nothing wrong with a horror comedy. We love horror comedies here, but like this wasn't really a horror or a comedy. Like it didn't, it didn't quite hit either. So it just kind of falls a little flat, but the like horror of it could have been so much more. And there's that one part that like I said to you in the middle of it, I was like, there's like too much going on at once that like I can't even focus on like how scary this would be. And then in between all that, they're also trying to make it, like, funny. And I was like, this is just ruining it. Like, because that scene scares me just because of that fucking jack-in-the-box, that fuck-ass jack-in-the-box. Oh, yeah, like, the attic, big, like, mayhem brawl with everybody. Yeah. Yeah, we're, like, everyone's getting their ass beat by, like, one of the creatures. I was like, okay, this could have been, like, split up into, like, separate sections. But especially with, like, Howard fighting with the little gingerbread men because, like, that part's just, like, a little more funny. I feel like that could have been happening beforehand because you're kind of like, okay, these are, like, three little gingerbread men and they have a nail gun. The nail gun is the scary part, not the gingerbread men. Why was he wasting ammo on them? When you could simply wait for them to run up to you and just squish them. A full shotgun blast per singular cookie. He missed a couple times. You wasted ammo and then the dog just ate them. And I was like, okay, well, could have just done that. Um, But yeah, that whole part, we could have focused on like each of the creatures like one at a time. That would have been so much scarier. And then like you said, the sound design, the sound design cheapened it in a lot of places. Like that part where Aunt Dorothy gets taken out the window and it does that little like slide whistle sound effect. I was like, why? (laughs) Why? The thing about horror comedies is that the horror really does have to be there. And even if the horror is just coming from like the visual of it, there has to be something like a little bit over the top there in order to make the comedy like a fun addition to it. I think about like Evil Dead or The Babysitter or Seed of Chucky. Those are just like my three of my favorites off the top of my head. But all of those are like really over the top gory. So the funny parts of them is like, it has to be like two extremes. It has to be really funny and like really either scary or just gross or something, but it has to be extremes. Otherwise, neither will hit right. You can't make like a medium middle of the road horror comedy. You kind of at that point, if you're going to be mild about it, you have to stick to one or the other. This movie to me kind of feels like not like maybe a modern Halloween movie, which is funny because like it's so it's Christmas movie, but it feels like one of those movies from like maybe the 90s or yeah, I would say like maybe 90s or like very early 2000s where it's just a little inappropriate for kids, but overall like this would be a kid's like scary movie. Yeah, it feels very universal horror derogatory. And we know I love universal and love universal horror, but a lot of the time it just doesn't hit what it needs to hit. It's one of those things where I always walk away and I'm like, that was fine, okay. 
And like I said, I love this movie. This is one of my like Christmas staples. Like I watch it every year. There's just so much that I'm like, I wish we would have changed that. But it made for a really good house at Horror Nights twice. So I loved it. And you even said before we watched it, I was like, I'm really excited to see this. Cause like, I know that the fans of it, like it's so loved and it is, but I was like, oh, I, it's going to be so great. And you were like, I'm just telling you, like, it's actually not but I really like it. And I was like, oh, like, that's also fine. Like, that'll be perfect. But yeah, you're right. Like, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is like, this movie is fine, but I'm having so much fun watching it that I don't really like care that I can see that it's objectively maybe like overall like a three or a three and a half. But I'm like, I f the feeling I'm getting from this is like a five. This is so much fun. And then when I went on Letterboxd after to log it, like all of my mutuals have given it like five stars and they're all like raving about it in the comments and like all the top reviews of it are like five stars and people being like oh this is so much fun like these creatures are so cool is this really a five star movie maybe not but like it's five stars in my heart so like here we go and i was like that's the perfect vibe though like that's great for me that's exactly how this feels because i feel like all of us are kind of in the same boat where we're like there's something that makes it not perfect, but we love it anyways. So, incredible movie. Like, I only gave it four stars, and I was like, I know even that is high, but like, I can't knock it when it has like, probably my favorite creature design in a horror movie. Oh my god, no, there was a point in the movie, like near the beginning, where Beth is like, I'm gonna go walk to my boyfriend's house to make sure he's okay. And they just let her, and she's like their teenage daughter. I was like, I can't believe they'd let her do this. And I was typing a message saying her parents must hate her. And then at the same moment, Sarah sent a text and was like, I used to do this walk to school every day. And I immediately just backspaced and went, never mind. <laughs> There's something just like so nostalgic about Midwest Canada, like seeing a teenager go outside inappropriately dressed for a blizzard and nobody making a big deal about it. I also love the opening montage of this movie with it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, like this very just like beautiful like Christmas song that we hear in like pretty much every Christmas movie. Meanwhile, it's like this hellscape going on of like Christmas shopping, fights breaking out, like everyone's miserable, people are crying, like the kids are crying with Santa, like just the workers look like they fucking hate their lives. Like every single part of it is just so perfect. I was like, this is how you open a Christmas movie. My standout favorite character in this was Howie, the little boy. Not a thought behind his eyes, like iPad lobotomized baby moment, like truly mouth always hanging slightly open, has no idea what's going on around him. There's like a whole literal fight that breaks out at the dinner table and everyone like leaves the table and is like physically attacking each other and having to like drag the other kids off of each other. Homeboy is just like sitting there eating a turkey leg, has not noticed that anyone else left the table. I love that he's your favorite because I was like, it's either him, Aunt Dorothy, or Omi that I feel like you would have loved. Omi was great. I did love Aunt Dorothy. I love... That's like one of my favorite archetypes of a character. And you, as we were watching it, you were like, her and Barb would have queened out. Like those are best friends. Barb from Black Christmas, I mean. Um, because they both gave alcohol to little children and just looked like they hated being there. And I love it. <laughs> she had that great line that was like, where they were like, can you please go watch the kids? And she was like, I don't even like children. Not even when I was one. Literally me. And then the other one that was just really funny to me was 
I know what it looks like when life is coming at you with its pants down. I, I love to just collect stupid little phrases and idioms like that, and that's just so good. It reminds me of Amanda's, um, that'll nail your balls to the ceiling. Oh, that's yours. Yes. Amanda's is the, um, an itch on the roof of my mouth only a shotgun could scratch. <laughs> One of my favorite phrases literally ever. Our music supervisor, Amanda, <laughs> she's very Southern and she has like just some of the world's greatest little random sayings to throw at you when you're not expecting them. Maybe she's Aunt Dorothy, actually. Maybe. That would make sense. Yeah. I love Max. I think he is such a cute and sweet kid. Like, we always talk about like children in horror and how they can really make or break a movie. I love him. He's wonderful. I love him. I want to mother him. I want to protect him. Like he doesn't deserve this. He just wants to like love Christmas and wants everyone else to love Christmas. Like leave him alone. The actor who plays Max, he really sold a lot of the emotional beats. And there were literally moments in this movie where I was like almost tearing up a little bit just because they just somehow hit the emotional beats really well. And not in the way where I'm like, wow, this was like really deep and special sometimes. Like it really fucking wasn't. It was just like sometimes the combination of the music and the fact that it's like Christmas and it's like a little bit of family drama. And then this kid's incredible acting. Sometimes it hit me like I was watching like a real, you know, like lifetime ass Christmas movie. And it like, it would just come and go so quickly. Like they would hit the beat and then they would move on like seamlessly, which was great. But I, I would be sitting there and be like, whoa, why did I just feel something while watching Krampus? It's because of his little face and his like eyes. And he's just so earnest, like this whole movie that you're like, oh my God, please. It's okay. Love him. Meanwhile, the other children in this movie did so good because I fucking hated their characters. <laughs> <laughs> like just the absolute worst. But I always just get, like, so sad when they're, like, making fun of him and, like, reading his Santa letter. And she's just, like, so emotional over it. He can't do anything because his sister is like, don't, like, make a scene. Like, for mom and dad, like, just don't make a scene. Of course, you know, he's just the nicest fucking kid ever. So he's just like, I wish I could spend more time with my sister like we used to. I wish that things weren't so hard for my aunt and uncle. Like, please give them a break. And, like, I wish my parents were still in love like they used to be. Like, oh my god, just, like, this poor fucking child. That scene was really sad because he, like, the way he was sitting at that table and, like, just tearing up, like, oh my god, he was so good. He was so good. Like you said, yeah, kids in horror can really make or break it. And I just, he was so wonderful. And I think part of it is, like, what you said, he was so earnest. Like, this kid was like, I'm coming to this set and I'm going to be a fucking professional. He didn't. It came out so nice and it just, like, really did put this kind of like really special, wholesome injection into the movie to make it like a, a movie where you actually really cared about this family. This movie is literally just about the horrors of spending Christmas with your family. Truly. It texted you that and I was like, never mind. That's what the family stone is about. Before I complain about the sound design and also talk about when I started complaining about it. I'll like One other little positive I really wanted to point out is there's a little shot in the beginning of Krampus when Beth is out and she like sees him for the first time in the distance. I am such a huge fan 
of snow as a replacement for like fog in terms of like filtering a shot, like filtering your view of something that's going on. I think that it's so much scarier to me for some reason than like rain or fog is when it's snow blocking your view. And I think probably a decent part of that has to do with how I grew up. But like additionally, I don't know. I just think it's so scary. And I think the way that it muffles sound in a different way than rain does is really interesting. I, I talked about this when we were talking about Better Watch Out as well, but I just, and like the way it muffles sound of like things approaching and things leaving is really creepy to me. It's kind of like a crunchier sound. I really vibed with that. I thought it was great. That shot was beautiful. And you were just like, this is literally the coolest fucking character design ever. And it was, it was neat to see how he moves. Cause usually when it's like a big hulking creature like that, it kind of moves really stiffly and it looks like, you know, a dude in a foam latex suit, but this was just kind of cool looking how it was so much more liquid, like an, like an animal that was like aware of its body and how to move with it. That is one of my favorite scenes in this movie is when he's chasing her, like when she first sees him and like she kind of can't tell if it's like a chimney or something and then she realizes like it's something and she like starts running and then he starts like running after her. Oh, it's so good. Like I said, this movie probably has my favorite creature design of like any any movie ever because not only just Krampus, but like all the other little things are so good and so scary. That's why I wish this would have been, I don't want to say a better movie because like I said, I do love this movie, but I wish that like, I wish that it would have been appreciated more and had different elements in it. Or I wish that they would have like continued and made like sequels because this story could happen to literally anyone. Like Krampus and his creatures could target anyone. You could make so many sequels out of this because I want to see more of these creatures. I love just how Krampus looks, how he looks exactly like how Omi describes him as like the dark shadow of Saint Nick. So what we imagine as Santa, you know, the like jolly old guy with the beard and like the rosy cheeks. We see this like decrepit old man face for Krampus and like, the jaw being open, the eyes being hollowed out, like his skin is kind of gray. He's just like the perfect antithesis of Santa. They did so well with that. But not only just him, like every single other little creature in this movie is so good and so scary. Like the gingerbread men, I fucking love them. Those little bitches are so cute. Like they're not scary, but they're just so cute. The one that scares me the absolute fucking most is the jack-in-the-box. I hate that little fucker. It scares the fuck out of me. And I remember at Horror Nights specifically, he scared me so much because Horror Nights likes using this like certain setup for some of their houses. Like the one I think of the most is their Yayorona house where she was eating someone. Like it was just a giant version of her and her mouth was open and then they had their body inside of her mouth and like the scare actor was like moving around. They did that with the Jack in the Box from this movie. That is always like so fucking scary to me whenever they do that. I don't know why I have a thing about like my body being inside of like an animatronic or like anything like that. But you know that photo of Steven Spielberg on the set of Jaws where he's like inside of the shark's mouth always scares me. Anytime anyone is like inside of something like that, it is so scary to me. Couple that with this Jack in the box that I'm already terrified of. I was like, oh my God, like I freaked out every time I went through these houses. I would like walk on the far side of it. Cause I was like, I don't want to be near it. It scared me so bad. I was like, he's gonna get me. Especially the fact that like the sound of like a Jack in the box would play 
like while he moved around. Oh my God. And like the way his jaw opened up, his scary little happy face, oh, his little gloves, like every single part of it, terrifying. I really loved the Jack in the Box, obviously. And that was where I stopped complaining because I said to you, I was like, you know, I'm starting to think I don't really fuck with the sound design in this. And then literally seconds later, the Jack in the Box came on screen and I was like, oh, actually this is really fucking good. Like this sounds incredible. I'd also like to say I had to, I just wanted to like Google it because I was pretty sure that I was guessing correctly, but fear of being eaten is like vorophobia. <laughs> and fear of animatronics is automechanophobia. So I feel like, and I looked it up, I was like, is there like an actual just like art, like already contained name for fear of being eaten by an animatronic? Cause there should be, right? So I'm just gonna make it up right now and assume that it's like Vora automechanophobia or automechanophorophobia. Okay. So that's your new thing for you. Thank you. It's not even just like animatronics. It's just like me being inside of like anything like any sort of creature, like. So you just have vorophobia. Maybe, but like also like it has to be like a specific thing. Like, yeah, also animatronics, but like I also think of like the storybook canal boats at Disney and how I hate going inside of the whale's mouth. And it took me so long to be able to do that because it's scary. And then also like the Harry Potter ride at Universal. So Verona's like officially immune from Vorkink allegations. Thank you. I beat that. Verona's on the opposite end of the spectrum from being accused of having Vorkink. You are safe from one allegation now. I'm safe from all of them, actually, because I'm extremely normal, unlike the rest of you. None of that's true, by the way. <laughs> um, I also, I, I really loved the angel. I thought that the angel was probably my favorite of, like, those creatures. I also loved the elves, but, like, I almost feel like the elves and Krampus as like a separate thing. And then I'm thinking of like all of the other little weirdos. Like the toys. Right. Together, basically. So the angel was probably my favorite design wise out of all of the little guys. But the Jack in the Box was definitely my favorite in terms of just the scenes and how it like eats people and stuff. I thought that was so cool. And I loved all the long shots of like the pop-up section of it, like the, the body part that comes out of like the box. I thought that was so neat because it was clearly like very reminiscent of like a boa and how they eat things whole. And I just thought that was really cool. I'm number one snake fan. I was very excited about it. I kept saying that I was like kinning the gingerbread because they were just so chaotic and stupid. Also, as we were watching that attic brawl with all of them, the scene where she like stabs the teddy bear and then throws it, I was like, was that a fucking Wilhelm scream? And I had like, so I had to, I had to Google it and I was immediately brought to like the Wilhelm scream archive online that keeps track of everything it's ever been like noted in and it was like yeah there's a scene in krampus where they use a slightly pitched up version of it when the teddy bear is thrown and i was like my mind you know what the elves reminded me of also was uh like the purge people i was just gonna say that were yeah, you really masks. yeah they yeah. the mask design and the way that they worked like so chaotically and like violently with each other as like a group was just really it, very reminiscent of the purge to me which i really liked like i had mentioned in the beginning this was the scene with all the different creatures happening where i was like this is too much too much is happening and also you're trying to make it comedic it does not need to be comedic i did didn't like the reactions that they had to the jack-in-the-box eating Jordan because I was like all of you are too calm I don't know it just didn't feel it didn't feel like horror and I think you're right a big part of it was the sound design because I was like why are you playing like this jaunty ass tune right now 
and like trying to make it like more funny. Like I want like genuine horror here. I just had problems with it. And then there's just like so much happening all at once. Like they're each being attacked by something. And then like they're cutting to like a Howard in the kitchen with the with the gingerbread men. And there's just, it was too much. And I was like, this could have been so scary. Like this part with the Jack in the box could have been so scary. With the angel could have been so scary with like all the different toys. But instead I was just like, oh, okay. And, like, don't get me wrong, Jack in the Box still fucks me up, as I've said. But that's more of, like, a personal fear than, like, a genuine fear. Yeah, and I think also the reason that did also, to me, feel out of place is because they spent so much genuine fear and, like, real fear reactions, even if they were kind of silly or funny, like, in the brawl and stuff, they're, like, they're acting so much more exaggerated with stuff that was objectively a little bit sillier or a little less scary. And then when it came to something that was probably the objectively most horrifying thing they were witnessing over the course of the night, they didn't seem to care anymore. And I was like, these reactions just seemed out of place. If they'd reacted, like, across the board calmly to everything, it probably wouldn't have stuck out to me as much. I don't think that that even would have, like, that wouldn't have been the correct direction to go probably either, but at least it would have been consistent and I would have been able to, in my head, say that, you know, these characters are just, this is how they react to everything and that's, like, consistent and makes sense for them. Or if they'd been terrified for everything, that would have been fine. But to have them be scared of some stuff but not others is kind of okay, but weird that they were, like, scared of stuff that wasn't scary and then they weren't scared of what should have been terrifying. Like the gingerbread men, I feel like they were more scared of them than they were of seeing these two children getting eaten. Exactly. By this, like, giant terrifying jack-in-the-box thing. And I don't blame any of the actors, because all these were, like, incredible actors, so I'm like, it kind of has to fall on the director at that point. No offense to him, but I'm like, if these actors who are, like, for the most part, widely acclaimed, are, like, kind of not giving a good performance in this moment, like, all of them, I have to pivot towards the director. I have to assume that it's not likely they were all off that one day. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it was a a note that they were given and just off. And then it's still with the sound design, because I feel like with some really good sound design there, those reactions wouldn't have felt weird or out of place, but this movie really misses the mark on sound design for like 90% of it. It's so funny because like we've talked a lot about sound design really being able to just make a horror movie so great in so many of our episodes now, but we haven't really had an example yet of the sound design kind of taking away from something that could have been a lot better if the sound design was better. So it's cool that we finally have an example of that to talk about. But yeah, it was, I, overall, I was really pleased with it and I would watch it again and I will watch it. Like, I'm sure this is going to be something that I'll be pulling out, you know, on many a winter going forward and showing to people. But yeah, it was just like, it's silly. It's fun. I'm not mad at it. I enjoyed it. Um, I also love that part in the attic though with the angel where she hangs Tony Collette with the Christmas lights. I almost forgot about that part. We talked about this in the Better Watch Out episode. I love when Christmas lights are used in like a Christmas horror to either like tie someone up or like just do something with them. So this was such a good way, like making a noose out of them. Also, those are strong ass Christmas lights to be able to do that. <laughs> the outdoor, the outdoor industrial special. Yeah, Christmas lights as a weapon in Christmas movies is very fun. So good. And then I want to talk about my favorite scene because I said earlier it was the one where Krampus is chasing Beth, and then I remembered it's not. It's actually Omi's animated flashback 
Oh, beautiful. So stunning. I love animation and horror. And a lot of people said that this felt out of place. I don't think so. I think it was such a perfect way to show her backstory and what happened to her as a child with Krampus versus just either telling us or showing us like an actual like live action flashback. I think it really worked because a lot of us associate animation with like children And so I kind of liked that element where I was like, oh, she's remembering this like in such like an innocent and childlike way when it's actually like the most horrifying thing that could ever happen. Like she lost her entire family to this like ancient Christmas spirit. Meanwhile, we're seeing it as this like beautiful animated little thing. I don't know. I just loved it. I loved it so much. I love the shadow of Krampus in her doorway when she thinks he's coming to get him and then he winks at her. This movie was very visually pretty. Um, even yes. the even the non-animated stuff, I really enjoyed it. I thought that I thought that all of the decisions, like the color grading, I thought that the shots were very nice. Um, nothing that stuck out super hard to me in terms of like just cinematography. There wasn't anything that I found was like, a, ooh, that's so unique. I can't believe that they thought to do that. It's so beautiful. But overall, it just everything flowed together so nicely that it, it surprises me that people felt that the animated sequence was out of place because not only was it just like so beautiful that I think it would have it could have improved any number of movies by having something like that in them but it also just flowed so nicely and it suited the character so well like you said like that looking at it through this kind of childlike lens but also the character of Omi is such a almost stoic like traditional person so to have this like very traditional style storytelling woven into it was really really nice Omi was a great character as well. I think that German is such a beautiful sounding language. So whenever there's like an elderly character in a movie that speaks German, I'm always like, I also want them to make me like a little hot chocolate by the fire. She's so right, by the way. Hot chocolate does make everything better. And I love her. I was also pissed at the beginning when Adam Scott comes in and is like, oh, don't work too hard. She bought cookies at the store. Shut your fucking mouth. Shut your fucking mouth right now because no store-bought cookies is going to be better than that woman's cookies. I can already fucking tell you that right now. Why would you buy cookies, by the way, if you knew she was making them? Because I'm assuming this is probably something she does every year. So why would you buy some? You fucking ungrateful assholes. No wonder Krampus came and got your ass. For that alone... He was justified in coming and killing the whole family. Ride or die for Omi. I also just, I really like the soft glow filter on the ending. Speaking of like the cinematography, that also did. That was, I think, something unique that stuck out to me. It was the soft glow filter for that kind of dreamlike sequence and the fact that it was like the glow of the snow globe that they were like inside of. I thought that was a really nice touch. I really love that this is an ambiguous ending because people have been fighting over what it means for years And I don't think the director has ever stated it. I think he likes to leave it up for interpretation and be like, whatever you want it to mean, that's what it means. Um, Because I kind of like it because you're like, did they survive? Like, is this actually them continuing the next morning? Or is the snow globe meant to represent like the Christmas that he robbed from them? And does that mean that they then are living in this like purgatory of like, the same Christmas, like an eternal Christmas over and over and over again. It's just very good. And then I love how it pulls back and it shows you like his little like den of like hundreds of snow globes showing you that like he's done this so many times before and this won't be the last, which is why I think they could have made this into like several movies. 
And then the credits, so beautiful. And uh, we both love Carol of the Bells. Like, it is one of the hardest fucking Christmas songs ever. Carol of the Bells goes stupid. It literally does. My favorite is the, the like, really intense version or, like, a rock version. But this one was just so perfect for the movie. But I just love all the credits being like his little advent calendar where like it opened up and revealed each cast member. I also love that the dog got a credit and that his name (laughs) is Thor. I started crying over that. I was like, oh my God, that's so sweet. Oh, one like actually like last little note then about that dog. Um, I really liked, I don't know if this was intentional or anything, but if it was very smart, but I love that there was kind of that, the implication and like they talk about how Howard didn't want daughters. So the daughters both have, their their names are gender neutral, but like their names that you generally would um, associate with men, which is Stevie and Jordan. Those are his daughters and they're both like very tomboy and he's like, he's he raises them up with like these very like traditionally masculine interests and whatnot. And then they have this like very masculine dog, which is apparently played by a male dog also, like this big bulldog. And its name is Rosie, which is like a very soft feminine name. And I just thought that was very funny. My uncle had two bulldogs. I can't remember what one of them's name. I think one was named Captain and the other was named Crunch. (laughs) That's so cute. It was so cute. I fucking loved Crunch. He jumped into the pool to save me once and instead he just sunk to the bottom because- Just a boulder of a dog. Yeah, love him, loved him. R.I.P. Crunch. I think that that wraps up not only Krampus, but also this year on What's Your Favorite Scary Movie, which is crazy. The season is not over yet, though. We do have more episodes coming. We are on the same schedule still going forward. Our next episode will be on New Year's Day, and we will be covering New Year's Evil from 1980. We hope that everybody is having a really wonderful holiday season so far, and we will see you in the new year.